Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Jersey Educator Podcast, a podcast by NJEA members for NJEA members. My name is Jeff Bradbury. And my name is Jim Boyce. And welcome to episode four. We are glad that you have made the Jersey Educator Podcast your home for professional development. There's, of course, several great ways that you can reach out to us. You can find us online at njea.org slash podcast and email us at podcast at njea.org. And you know, Jim, there's another great way to subscribe to our show, and that's by going over to iTunes and searching for Jersey Educator Podcast. Jim, we have a lot of great subscribers now. In only our fourth episode, we want to say thank you so much to each and every one of you guys out there. Already in four episodes, we have hit iTunes new and noteworthy. And uh, we want to say thank you to everybody out there in the association for not only checking us out, but subscribing to us. And we hope that you take a moment as we go through our calendar here to go over to iTunes and give us not only a nice rating, but give us a five-star review as well. Jim, there's a lot of great things happening here on the NJEA calendar. We've been talking recently about a bowling event happening. Talk to us about what's happening on February 19th. Well, thank you, Jeff. Uh, yes, sir. The uh, NJEA Early Career Member Network is at it again. And of course, we've been talking about them on our shows. Um, just a group of our early career members across the state who want to get together. They want to share best practices. They want to share resources, advice. They want to get together to network. So we're creating space for that through these events. And we have a bowling event coming up on February 19th uh, at Colonial Lanes in Lawrenceville, New Jersey. You can find more information about that on our website, njea.org slash early career members. And already we have 90 early career members signed up, uh, ready to come out. That is amazing, Jim, and it's certainly a great thing to, to not only sit there and network with other educators or pre-service educators, but certainly have a great time bowling. Not only is bowling one of the events coming up, but we also have Twitter chats. If you are on Twitter or if you're not on Twitter, we use two hashtags. We have a traditional Tuesday uh, Twitter chat around 8.30 for NJED, the New Jersey Educators Chat, which has been going on for Oh, Jim, that's got to be going on for a few years now, and it is one of the premier chats not only in the country but certainly in New Jersey. But recently we've started up a new chat called NJEA Chat. Tell us a little bit about that chat and when we can find it. Yes, uh, Jeff. So once again, the early career members uh, came to us and expressed interest in this. Uh, a chat for them to talk about their needs, their challenges, their successes, and again, the network. So the hashtag for that one is NJEA chat. Uh, we held one in January for the first time. And now we have another one lined up, uh, March 7th, uh, 2016. Um, the location where you can find out more is, of course, uh, njea.org slash early career members. And uh, we hope to see you all coming out on March 7th. This, this chat will be a prof uh, about professional development, Jeff. Now, you keep saying early career members, Jim, and it is really, really awesome. Recently, we had the NJSEA on our show, and we are proud to announce that we have partnered with the NJSEA for this podcast. And today, we're going to bring you the first ever NJSEA Minute. Hi, I'm Ellen Bacon, New Jersey Student Education Association State Secretary from Seton Hall, and I'm here with the NJSEA Minute. The NJSEA conference registration is now open. You can register on our website. The conference will be on March 12th and feature various workshops, including getting hired A to Z, building relationships to increase student engagement, classroom management, and first year 
FAQs, and start smart. We will also be taking nominations for future officers and giving out various prizes, including an iPad. This past weekend was big for NJSEA. Two of our leaders, Megan Namnama and Anthony Alia, went to Washington, D.C. for the National Summit on Teacher Leadership. They heard from NEA President Lily Garcia, as well as the AFT President, to finalize teacher leader models for better collaborative and team teaching. Three NJSEA members were invited to attend the first NJEA Leadership Summit and worked beside full-time members and union leaders to discuss a future leadership endorsement. And please remember that if you have a practicum student or a student teacher, you let them know to register for the NJSEA conference. Thank you. And Jim, of course, there's some great things coming out of the NJSEA. We want to thank everybody there who's been helping out to put together the NJSEA Minute. And we look forward to having them as a member of our podcasting team. But recently, they were also at the Teacher Leader Summit. Jim, tell us a little bit about that great event. Absolutely, Jeff. So this past weekend, NJA created space uh, for not only members, but also school administrators, superintendents, Board of Education members to talk about the new teacher leader endorsement. So all these stakeholders came together, um, almost a hundred of them came together in one room and had conversations about what they want this endorsement to look like. Criteria, um, um, classroom practice, um, just, just anything that they could think of that they wanted to host a conversation about regarding this endorsement get it all out there, get it all out in the open so that when the committee meets to plan it, and most of those committee members were at the event, uh, they have something to go off of. You know, Jim, we have a great show today. Why don't you tell us a little bit about our guest today? Oh, Jeff, I'm excited. I've known these two educators for quite some time, and I hope our listeners out there are sitting down with a cup of coffee because uh, I'm going to tell you about them. And they're Jeff, their bios, uh, <laughs> they're very long here, so let me do my best to do some weaving here. But first, uh, we're going to hear from Marie Batiste Celestin, business technology teacher with the Millville Public Schools for nine years, Jeff. She has a bachelor's degree in business administration from Norwood University and a master's from New Jersey City University. She's a veteran of the United States Army. She's on the zoning board in her municipality, and she's a supervisory board member of First Credit Union. Uh, recently though, Jeff, I want to point out she was accepted into what's really becoming the premier political training program for women in this state, uh, Emerge New Jersey. And, uh, she was even, uh, uh, highlighted in an article on NJA dot, uh, excuse me, NJ.com about it. Uh, she also works with the nonprofit organization Color of Hope to provide educational opportunities to the children of Haiti, Jeff. Wow. Welcome to the show, Marie. How are you today? I'm good. How are you? Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for being here. It is so nice to have you here. Thank you. Jim, who else do we have on our program today? All right, Jeff, a, a uh, early career member uh, who I've known for a few years now, who I actually met uh, Jeff through Facebook as uh, many things happen. This is Jarrell Blakely, and he started out his career in um, service to public education as a Trenton Board of Education member while in high school, Jeff. Uh, not, not too many of those out there. And uh, he got a scholarship to Howard University earned a degree in history, and is currently the civics and history teacher at his alma mater, Trenton Central High School West. 
He also works part-time for NJA as an organizational development consultant. And uh, later, Jarrell went on to uh, the graduate, graduate School of Education at Rutgers, where he earned his master's in social and philosophical foundations of education. He's an Eagleton Fellow in politics and government. And recently, Jeffy was selected to the 2016 New Leaders Council as a fellow. Jarrell, welcome to the show. How are you today? I'm doing well. Glad to be here. Very, very nice. First of all, again, thank you guys for showing up today. Um, talk to us a little bit about what it means to you to be a member of the New Jersey Education Association. Marie, what, what, what kind of things do, do you do with the NJEA? Well, I do a lot of advocacy, um, especially for my students. Um, NJEA has just been empowering 100% for our families, our teachers, all of our staff and members um, that fall under NJEA. It's just been a learning process for me uh, because I really just have gotten active with NJEA and in the union. And it's just been, the word is empowering. I just adore it and love it. And Jarrell, how about yourself? What kind of things have you done? I mean, you're, you're you know, board member as, as a teenager working in your own alma mater. What kinds of things has the NJEA helped you with? Well, it's been a wonderful opportunity to really connect with great educators and ESPs who are really committed to making sure that our young people um, have all of the tools necessary to be uh, productive members of society. And so uh, my time as a member of the NJEA has been extraordinarily positive, um, and it's really been um, important being a part of this organization, understanding the importance of public service. So, so Jarrell and Marie, what is alive for you tonight when thinking about your school districts? Uh, we have a lot of listeners out there from all sizes of districts. For those of us listening tonight from the larger places, um, what can you share about what's going on? Our district, my superintendent, is focused on making our district a world-class district. In the past few years, we focused on infusing technology um, big time from K through 12 in all different kinds of ways. Podcasts, our uh, superintendent is constantly tweeting things out. We have principals writing books, teachers um, using social media to work with our students and to reach out and have a global perspective in a lot of things that they do. Uh, just incorporating technology in a lot of things to maximize uh, the student's ability to get the tools, like Jarrell said, to move to, into the future and do great things and learn what they need to learn. Th thank you, Maria. Uh, Jarrell, would, would you like to add anything to that? Well, thanks, Jim, for your question. Uh, urban districts like Trenton and Camden and Newark are in a transitional phase now. Um, they are really in the bullseye of so many different um, outside forces that are attempting to transform uh, how we look at and how we understand public education in urban areas. And so when you start talking about charter schools, the development of uh, privatization efforts in these districts, um, it's really a very, very challenging time um, for districts like Trenton. And, you know, there's a, a reason why in the Chinese culture where opportunity and crisis have the same sign. And so I think we have a number of challenges, but I think within those challenges, there is a number of opportunities that we can 
you know, kind of utilized to enhance public education. Thank you, Jarrell. And I really enjoyed that thought. And before we get into some of those opportunities, you, I have a question for Marie. So, so Jarrell has just made the case that, um, and, and cited Trenton as an urban district. And traditionally we think of our urbans as a, you know, a Newark, um, a Trenton. Um, Marie, do you consider Millville as an urban district? Mm, that's a good question. I thought about that even before um, we started. Millville is just, I, it, it does have some urban elements to it. Uh, but I wouldn't say it's our, our Trentons, our Camdens, our Newarks. But we have some pieces, and I'm not even 100% sure how to describe it because we're a mix of rural, uh, we're a mix of city, we have a very diverse population of students and families. I couldn't quite say 100% that we're urban, but we have, I'll just say that, we do have a little something, something. <laughs> a little <laughs> something, something. Yeah. Sure. So it, it, it shares some challenges that an urban might, uh, Millville, but there's, there's, it's, you know, geographically, um, it, it's sort of almost in like farmland sometimes, isn't it? Yeah, for sure. Um, about a mile up the road from my school, there is a farm. There's a cornfield. It's, you know, open and blank right now, but typically there's something growing there. A lot of our students their families own farms. And a lot of our students also live in the inner city and they experience things that children in the outer parts of the city may not experience or that come from our sending districts that are more rural don't experience. So it's just a very, it's not your typical urban definition, but like I said, it does have, you know, pieces of it that do make it somewhat urban. Sure. And, and I guess there, there's no hard and fast definition for what makes an urban. And uh, for you, Marie, it sounds like it's more of a, of a feel. And uh, Millville seems to be right on the cusp in certain areas. And then in other areas, it's not. Um, and I think uh, a lot of our members listening tonight um, can, or today, whenever they listen, uh, can, can certainly re- relate to that, that sometimes in a school district, the students uh, come from all types of homes, all types of backgrounds, all types of ethnicities. Right. And that requires for our teachers and our staff and everyone with, that works with our kids to be culturally aware and um, sensitive and mindful because our children are all different. You know, they all have different experiences. Some have farmer's licenses and they can drive to, um, to school at like 14, 15, like that, <laughs> you know, and, and, and others cannot. Some are walkers and, you know, when it's snowing out, it's very difficult for them to come to school. Some can't come to school because their streets haven't been plowed because it's completely rural. So it's just you you have to be mindful of the student population. Our our students are, are, are not, you know, they're very diverse, very it's it certainly sounds like an amazing place, Marie. And oh, uh, I adore uh, it. Absolutely. And Jarrell, another amazing place is of course Trenton. Jarrell, um, we're gonna have some listeners here who who work in urban districts, and it's great for them to hear from you, um, one of their colleagues and their peer group. Jarrell, how are you experiencing success with your students? And are there any 
pieces of tips and advice that that you could offer to some of our listeners out there? Absolutely. So uh, as an educator in Trenton, I recently created a course um, in conjunction with some community groups in Trenton, a course called Leadership Civics. Uh, Trenton is the state capital as well as the county seat. And so we have three levels of government uh, in our 7.5 square miles. And unfortunately, uh, I noticed that many of our students were not aware of the role that their local government um, placed or played in their lives. Uh, I can recall going on a tour um, to the um, state house and students who lived you know, less than a mile away from the state house had never been inside of a building that they walked past every day. And so uh, seeing that need when I took students on, a, on this tour, I created this course, which has been phenomenal. I think one thing that is really um, important when you're teaching in the urban environment is to ensure that classes and that coursework uh, is relevant and that it has a real practical um, application for use in their lives. And so I just finished teaching the first semester of leadership civics, and it was wonderful because students saw um, and understood uh, both you know, the importance of their community as well as the importance of their role within that community. And so if there's one thing that I could share with um, you know, folks who are listening is to ensure that they are teaching concepts that are practical and that students can apply uh, to their day-to-day lives. And I felt that Leadership Civics did just that. Wow. So amazing story, Jarrell. So the, the school district gave you the space to carve out uh, something new. And did I hear you correctly? Something that had never been done before, correct? Absolutely. Civics had not been taught in the Trenton Public School for decades. Um, and so this was, um, and I just really have to say that this was a collaboratory um, effort. Um, this wasn't just something that I did. This was something that um, was supported by the superintendent and the principal and the social studies supervisor. Um, and so um, this was a group effort and it was so, so successful and really imparting, um, you know, values of uh, civic virtue and citizenship uh, to our students. Uh, Trenton uh, has voter participation uh, levels in the low teens or low, um, yeah, low teens. And so I'm hoping that this is, um, you know, a step in the direction of uh, making sure that people uh, in Trenton are more active participants in their um, local county and state governments. Oh, I like that. I can I can agree with that 110 percent. We don't have civics in our um, not in my building. That's for sure. But I teach financial literacy and I always try to connect the importance of being civically engaged, um, you know, with my students and things that we talk about as far as taxes and knowing what's going on in our city and what pays for what. And this is what affects what. And this is how our government works, because they do have to have a connection to what's going on outside. You know, I, the minute they step into that room, all things money, all things economics, it connects to them immediately. And I try to connect with them outside how much that is so very true. I even try to make them come to our city commission meetings so that they can see how things that are going on around us, how it's directly affected by the people sitting in those seats, our school board meetings, and how they should run 
for seats, for sure, because they're the ones that are experiencing everything that's going on as soon as they graduate. I agree with you 100%, Jarrell. So important. So I'm, I'm hearing from the two of you a lot of a lot of passion to find things that are, are relevant to our students and that can pretty much apply to them uh, immediately. Um, it's really great. And, and speaking of, of that, when you make things relevant, you open up the door to opportunity. And I know, Jarrell, in your, your opening remarks there, you mentioned opportunities. I wanted to give you the opportunity uh, to follow up on that. So, Jarrell, if you want to mention any of those opportunities that are maybe around the corner or something we would like our kindergartners to have when they're high school seniors, uh, feel free. Well, that's a great uh, point. I, I understand it now. Um, I would say that uh, everyone in urban environments uh, should be fighting back. Um, we're uh, entering an age of austerity. We're entering an age of neoliberalism, where we're looking at the privatization and profitization of public assets. Um, that's something that is really going to be um, the struggle of our day. So you have to understand that you know, what's going on in Flint, Michigan with the water is connected to the closing of public schools in places like Camden, uh, Trenton, and Newark. Um, there's an ideology that supports, you know, basically uh, getting profit out of these public uh, entities. And so it's really important that people of all ages uh, fight back and make sure that their um, opinions and their ideas and their values are represented uh, in the decisions that are being made. And so uh, that's something that I would tell everyone to fight back, to not uh, take um, you know, this fight lightly, um, and that there's a huge connection, like I said, between um, you know, privatization of water, privatization of schools, privatization of um, you know, transportation, as well as um, the uh, absorbent, um, you know, higher education financing costs that are increasingly being placed on the backs of uh, families and students. And so that's my uh, rallying cry. Please fight back. Please do not take this stuff laying down. And, um, you know, don't uh, allow folks to change uh, what public entities like public education and public water and public financing of higher education uh, means. It was essential to making America all that it is in the 1950s and 1960s, and it's going to be uh, essential to making uh, America all that it can be tomorrow. Yeah, public wow. education is what keeps us equitable. Like It's what makes the playing field. I mean, even though the way that our schools are funded aren't quite equitable, but public education is what makes our society available for all of our children to be able to learn at the same levels, even though we each may have our different, you know, problems at every district. You know, it, it's some things, in my opinion, my humble opinion, should remain public because it's for the common good. So I'm, I'm hearing from the two of you a uh, big picture that um, uh, the, all these things you described as challenges, as 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 opportunities, as you described them uh, so eloquently, Gerard, are just pieces of a bigger puzzle. 
And it seems like you're using your role um, to turn uh, our students and um, your, your, your colleagues onto, um, you know, that, that if we put these puzzle pieces together, they, 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 they make something bigger that we can have some influence in. And one, one way we, we can have some influence over that are through our local education associations. So to, to kind of close out here with the two of you, um, you know, and any encouraging words for our members out there to kind of get involved that, you know, sometimes we get frustrated, sometimes we get down, but, but we have the, this method of, um, you know, that this way to get involved, to make a difference and have an impact. We should connect. Sorry, Jerome. (laughs) I think that we should correct, um, connect with each other, either through social media, either through events that NJA holds. Um, If you're not having many events at your local, create them, you know, make it means for everyone to come together and feel that empowerment that when we come together collectively exists, you know, there is, uh, a need for our members to stay abreast of all of the things that are happening around them. I choose to use my social media as a means to do that, to constantly share things that affect us and have conversations with different members and make it a point to meet members that I don't know. You know, I think we are our greatest asset. We are the union and we, all of these great brains coming together can only make things better. We shouldn't be defeated. Like Jarrell said, wherever there is some issue, there definitely is an opportunity. All of us working together, collaborating will come up and it will will continue to come up with ways to combat the things that we are encountering. We, We can only win. That's just how I feel about it. And I would really, um, implore people to get involved with their local associations. Um, you know, I think of uh, a union, a local association as like an organ. And it's only going to play beautiful music if you sit at the chair and keep playing. And so it's really important that, you know, folks are um, active. Um, all too often, we look at the union as other people's business, and it should be our business. And we look at the union as something that is big and menacing, and it's something that is personal and uh, small. And I really would appreciate and, and recommend that everybody you know, make sure their union dues are being spent efficiently and effectively. And the best way to do that is to be present. And so um, you know, we're very, very lucky in New Jersey to have an incredible union. Um, other states cannot say that. Nope. Uh, many other places cannot say that. And so um, I would really recommend that everyone um, show up and figure out where in the union you can play a role. Um, and um, I think you will be pleasantly surprised to see how many opportunities there are uh, for leadership and for servantship. So, Jarella Marie, one final thought here before you go, and, and thank you so much for your time. Uh, what would you say 
to someone looking or thinking about working in uh, an urban environment or a school district with challenges. Um, Jarrell, certainly uh, Trenton as an urban uh, school district and Marie uh, Millville with some urban like qualities. Uh, Jarrell, why don't you go first and we'll let Marie have the final word. Sure, I would say go at it. Um, I have had a tremendous time uh, teaching at my alma mater. Um, there uh, are some challenges, but like I said previously, uh, where there are challenges, there are opportunities. Um, and uh, I really find that my role as a teacher um, in Trenton is much more profound than just a um, you know educator. I find myself to be a therapist, a clinician, a, uh, a philosopher, a guidance counselor, a friend, a um, you know, someone who is really uh, showing my students that public education is the way uh, to a better life. And so I would say, come on, uh, we need your help and to cast down your bucket in Trenton and Camden and Newark and Millville uh, to make sure that every student in the state of New Jersey, regardless of race, class, religion, um, has an opportunity to get a superb public education to ensure that they are, you know, a um, hardworking adult and a contributing member of society. So please, we need you. We want you. And uh, I think you will appreciate your chance there and your opportunity there. Just to piggyback off of what Jarrell said, you have to bring your talents to find the opportunities here in our districts or the districts that are considered um, urban. What a great way to find your passion and and spread it amongst young people that need that. You know, um, there's just so much opportunity there to help our kids. There's so much, you know, it's, I don't know, it's, you find so much joy in the little things. Sometimes it's not, you know, a huge, you know, event or some scores jumped up like 50%, but it's the little things, the little things when they come in, they're happy to see you or their smiles when they want to share with you about something amazing that happened in their day. Like, you know, Jarrell said, we're their counselors, you know, we're, we're everything, you know, and if you can bring that heart that brought you to education to our students and to our children, to that building, and you can find your passion, there is an insurmountable, an insurmountable amount of good that can be done for our students. Join the ranks. <laughs> well, uh, Jarell and Marie, thank you for the good that you do out there and those little things that each of you do so well each and every day that add up to big things. Um, just thank you so much for being on the podcast with, with us today. Thank you for having us. Thank you for having me. I enjoyed it. Jim, you know, it was a great interview. Thank you so much for setting that up today. And if you want to be a member of our podcasting team, and if you'd like to be featured, you can, of course, reach out to us by email at podcast at njea.org. Tell us a little bit about your story. What are you doing wonderful in your classroom? We would love to have you on future episodes. Our tech tip today comes from the world of professional development and where can we find great professional development? There is a new site that's going around and really is started in New Jersey or in the New Jersey area and is really taking the country by storm. It's called the Education Calendar and you can find it over at theeducationcalendar.com and they use the hashtag the 
edu cal the educal and this is a great site let's say that you're searching for some great professional development in your area you can go to the educational calendar.com and it's got not only where the conferences are but how to get there it's called the education calendar.com check it out today you can certainly find some great education and professional development in your neck of the woods you know jim one of the things that i'm finding on the educational calendar is great professional development in my region. Two great things are coming to mind. First of all, on April 16th, 2016, we have the third installment of the Ed NATO conference. Jim, are you familiar with Ed NATO? Jeff, I'm not. It is a fantastic conference, and on April 16th, it's coming to Middleton High School in New Jersey. A great, great conference. I want to give a great shout-out to the whole crew that is putting together Ed NATO. Certainly check that out. It is a great event. On March 19th, I also want to give a shout-out to a lot of the amazing educators in North Jersey who are actually heading into Manhattan for what's called the New York City Apps Events. And we have all the great information here on our show notes page, but that's going to be happening in Manhattan at Eleanor Roosevelt High School on March 19th. If you're looking to get Google certified, it is a great place to go. It's going to be mostly focused on Google and Google Apps. So, Jim, there are two great events that you can find on theeducationcalendar.com, the New York City Apps Events on March 19th, and also Ed Nato on April 16th. And of course, the best way that you can find professional development in your neck of the woods is by subscribing to this podcast on iTunes. You can simply go over there and give us a nice rating and a great five-star ranking on that. And we certainly say thank you for helping us by downloading this show, subscribing to the show, but more importantly, Jim, by sharing this show with your colleagues. It doesn't take that much time to put our show links in an email and send it out to your building or to your association members. Jim, you know, four episodes in, we are really, really on a roll here. Like I mentioned earlier in the show, we are now featured on the new and noteworthy spots in iTunes. Congratulations, Jim. Oh, and Jeff, same to you. We, we could not do this without Jeff Bradbury. Oh, thanks so much, Jim. On behalf of everybody here for the NJEA and the Jersey Educator Podcast, thank you so much for being here. Until next time, keep up the great work in your classrooms and continue sharing your passions with your students.